life is like a series of patterns consist of routines, habits, rhythms, emotions, and decisions. All these ebbs and flows in and about a shape of a waveform. It is consistently inconsistent, sometimes random. Though we can anticipate its measure and make our own calculation, just like life, it will be unpredictable if we don't know where we're going. Here at Patterns of Life podcast, every conversation attempts to explore our human nature through honest conversation. From the simple details of the mundane life to discovering the depth of your why, hoping that this will help us figure out what doesn't work and what does work for you. This is about you, technically. This is this is about the guest, and you are the guest. Well, hello, everybody. You do have <laughs> <laughs> This so. is Dick Channing, reporting for Fox News at Channel 5. Oh, man. Well, how's it going for you? It's good, man. I mean, was uh, the last time I saw you? Two, two weeks ago? Was it two weeks? Two weeks, three weeks? I think it was about two weeks. A week weeks. after it was about two Benaya weeks. came out, right? Because yeah, he's he's, he's going to be a month and a week. Yeah, exactly. Old so, on three, three weeks ago. Yeah. On Friday. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, dude. Okay. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. A lot has happened. Yeah. Actually, a lot has happened in a minute. Dude, a lot has happened to me. I mean, when we don't see each other, it's always that. I mean, every day a lot mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. you know, that we don't even know. Like, we don't even see those things. But yeah, I mean, how, how's well, like, it going for you? So it was cool. We had... um. My wife and I, Jess, who's actually next to me with my little man, um, we're part of a group called the Gospel House. Yeah. And um, they started out of Orange County, which was really cool because the way they started, um, the founder, Charlie, um, went to BSSM yeah. and just really got wrecked, like just met. He was somebody who just wasn't really following God. And then he had an encounter with God, which tastes to see that God is good. And that's how it happens. And. Yeah. Through that, he went to BSSM, which is Bethel School of Supernatural up in Reading at Bethel Church and just just saw what compassion and love looks like and just serving ministry. Yeah. And so when he came back down to Orange County, um, one of the things that he wanted to do was just to take people into God encounters and not so much shove a theology or like shove a perspective or ministry, but just serve people where they're at, despite the theological preference or like despite yeah. like if they believe what he believes um which the, i don't comprehend but anyways uh, <laughs> like you mean the founder of gospel House? yeah yeah so he would like it was cool so he shared a story how like orange county was so at least within the churches they're so disunified and there's just like a lot of competition a lot of jealousy um mm. and that's kind of like the spirit of orange county which is that's a whole another conversation it's but, funny because i hear different things about orange county mm-hmm yeah. Like some people think that, wow, Orange County is pretty legit. Like people are in unity and stuff. It's, I hear different things. I know it's funny because if you yeah. ask Jess, my wife, like what she thinks about her, because she went to Vanguard. And so if you get yeah. her perspective on Orange County, it's yeah. so different. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a mixture of everything because like Orange County is like everywhere from kind of like Hawaiian Gardens to Cerritos to yeah. Costa Mesa. So you get like both rich, wealthy, heartbroken, mm. prosperous 
emotionally all over kind of different things. <laughs> the spectrum of human nature, man. Right? Yeah. Just in one county. Yeah. Orange County. But um, yeah, so like they started ministering at a just a reformed church out there. And yeah. what I loved is that they just asked the pastor if they could just be in the back of their church. They could be the weird ones. Yeah. Um, but they just wanted to pray for people and just um, hear God speak to them about that person and just yeah. have that person have an encounter with God. Yeah. So things started happening and people just started really having God encounters instead of theology encounters. And that kind of started creating this catalyst of like unity in Orange County. Now you fast forward, I want to say like, oh man, six, seven years now, <laughs> six, seven years, I think. Since they started it, Since right? Since they started, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're now in San Diego and the Lord just really stirred them to go down to San Diego. They always wanted to do something in San Diego. But what I love about Gospel House is the focus of the whole focus is one to create family and not so much community. And that's mm. something that has really been stirring in me is like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to do community. I want to do family. Um, you can walk in and out of community, but you can't walk out of family, no matter how hard the conversations, no matter yeah. how painful they may be, no matter how far you're at, you don't walk away from family. It's that covenant thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just gather on Fridays and we meet at a house because houses are fun and yeah, they're just comfortable yeah, totally. and we just let God's spirit, Holy Spirit do what he wants to do with that evening. Uh, we were even joking on our Monday night meeting, I think it was, no Tuesday night meeting. Yeah. We were just joking like how we literally won't know what to do maybe an hour before. Like, we'll just sit there and like, all right, what are we going to do? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. And yeah, then yeah, we're like, yeah. what are we still going to do? Yeah. And we're like, I don't know. We'll find out when we start playing music. What are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. We're just playing music. And then God just speaks. It's very organic. Yeah. It's super yeah. organic. Yeah. And um, we I mean, I mean, all the gospel houses are like this. So the that's way the they cool, operate is so, the same thing. Yeah. So essentially both Orange County and San Diego operate the same framework, mm -hmm. gathering in a home or business. <laughs> um, we try not to gather at a church for the reason that we want to find neutral ground and we want to find a place that feels safe, that feels like home. Yeah. <laughs> that's a key word for me right now, home. But we want to find a place that's home and just bring people in. Our whole goal is, is we want you to experience God. We yeah. want you to we want you to understand worship beyond the musical aspects of things or just beyond the Christian entertainment, but actually like enter into intimacy with the father and let him work out things. Let him open yeah. up your eyes. Let him say things. Let him just work things out. Um, and so yeah. we always enter into the time of the prophetic um, for the reason of what Corinthians talks about, the prophetic being something that is to edify the body, to, mm. to grow one another, to bring people into God encounters. Um, yeah. It is literally hearing the Father's voice about a city, a region, a ministry, a business, whatever that may be, a person, and really just speak that over that person. So we always open with the prophetic, which then leads into just people just having like this aha moment and excitement. And from there, we just continue to take off um, by now we're going to enter into intimacy, worship. And even when we play music, when we're doing worship music, we, we just let it flow. We might have a song. We start, yeah. we might play that song for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, two minutes, whatever that is, but mm -hmm. we just, just flow. 
So yeah, that's, that's gospel house. And what I love is that it's connecting. Their other big heart is to connect the cities mm-hmm. together. And what's so cool is that gospel house has been a bridge of many other ministries in Orange County to really connect the churches together. That word bridge. And right yeah. for bridges. <clears throat> And um, because of that, they've just been one of many constructs in that city. One that is bringing a revival to Santa Ana right now, financially, culturally, physically, spiritually. Yeah. Um, one that's bringing a heart revival to so many leaders in the congregations, um, mm-hmm. in the different ministries throughout Orange County, that it's not about this is our ministry, this is our church, this is what we do. It's more like, mm-hmm. okay, we're, on, we're, we're the same family. Mm-hmm. You have resources, I have resources. Let's create covenant. And what do we do out of that? Yeah. And that's what we want to do here. There's so many amazing ministries. There's Abide. There's um, another ministry our friend does, Dante. Dante. Dante, yeah. Yeah, he does this thing called 77 Worship. Uh, wow. That's so powerful. Yeah. That there's so many things that are happening throughout the city. It's like, how do we now link arms and be that family for the city? Yeah. So that's why I'm really stoked yeah. about Gospel House and where we're at. With and that. that's where you're at, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides that, besides being part of a ministry and whatnot, and I think, I mean, every time I sit with you and we talk about stuff, like mm. I know predominantly that's what kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's this burning passion in you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> how do you find balance in that? And especially now to your father mm. and now Minaya's here. How do you find that balance? Because I know, I mean, a lot of people talk about this, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, there's actually sacred and uh secular aspect of of life but in reality there's if you are you know if you are if you lay down your life to follow jesus and 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 that's in it for you Mm -hmm. there's no secular and sacred no you know you you can't you can't separate those things because everything that you do is worship (laughs) your life is a living sacrifice to him so Mm -hmm. if since we do say that um how do you balance those things being a father and then being you know i try not to call it ministry but in a nutshell just to help the conversation just it to is how people understand yeah, you know um it balance that you know and then you do music and then you do barista yeah, stuff right? and whatnot and so i guess um the obvious one is is it's okay to say no and yeah. it's okay to be like uh hey i'm gonna chill at home <laughs> yeah. or i don't feel like showing up today yeah um but in order to get there, I guess not only do you have to, you have to have the confidence to say no, but you also have to have, I think, um, in a way, permission for the from the people that you are doing life with or you're doing um, kingdom here on earth with people. You, you have to be able to be equally yoked to the point where they can understand your position and from, give yeah. you the permission to be like, okay, if you don't show up, it's all right. Um, so those two things are super important as far as like that's how I balance it. And then going to like the reality of like how I actually really do it is something that I'm not even close to perfecting. And that, figuring out, you right. know, like you haven't arrived yet. And mm. I think it's it's the same for everyone else. Yeah. You know? No, I like and <clears throat> this specific one, this is something I'm hungry for. And that's how I know I, I want to get there is literally doing, not doing anything unless I feel the father speak to me uh-huh. and I hear you. And unless he gives me a tug, if he tells me to be still th- metaphorically, that could be, or reality that could be, Hey, I'm just going to chill at home and I'm going to read or I'm going to be real. I'm going to have a beer and just relax and be with him. Yeah. Yeah. Or be still maybe, Hey, I need you to dive into s- 
my letters or dive into some books. I need you to pick out some nuggets. Hmm. Or be still litter can mean, hey, I need you to just shut up and sit on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. So um, why I'm really just hungry about that is because if I can really fine tune my ear to hear what dad's saying, because dad's constantly speaking. Yeah. For those of you, when I say dad, I'm referring to like God, the father. Um, the God of the universe that yeah, created all things. The God of the That's universe. why you're here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The God of yeah. the, that guy. Um, yeah. I can get into why I call him dad instead of father. But yeah. Um, so with dad, big D. Um, <laughs> big D or big G? <laughs> Either way, it's the same thing. The big G O D. That's a the, the we big can G. actually get into that too. The big G. Is, okay. Yeah, I know. I know where I you're coming like... from with that. I know where you're coming. <laughs> right? It's another conversation for another, another day. But another this is about you. <laughs> this is um, about you and your God. Yeah. So with Dad and I, I mean, if you look at Jesus Yeshua, if you look at everything he did, he got up in the morning, and the first place he went to was, I got to go with my Papa. I got to be mm, with Papa. Mm. He was with Papa, and then he came back to his close homies. And he still didn't do things. You look at the you look at the story of Lazarus, for instance, that yeah. perfect example where he stood still. He didn't move. Yeah. He had every authority to go and do what he was what he did, but yeah. he didn't move. Why? Because he's like, I don't do anything unless my father tells he's always me, yielding. shows me. He's always yielding to the father. Mm. And what I've been learning is that if you do stuff out of intention from obedience instead of doing something out of like impulse impulse or a heart's desire like there's nothing wrong with heart's desire desire is amazing yeah and that's like a whole jewish conversation what is desire but like if you do things out of desire that's where i i find that you don't get one for one when it comes to your ministries or when it comes to um like for me prophesying over somebody or laying hands on somebody if i do things where i'm like okay dad what do you want to do in this moment and what are you trying to do partnering with dad instead of hey dad you partner with me then everything i do is always 100 percent. everything i do always ends up as being that's exactly what was needed plus more because of yeah i don't want to do things unless dad tells me yeah so to tie everything back in that's how i keep things balanced um that's good dad tells us to take a rest from gospel house which we did for like breaks taking a rest we're not gonna go um if dad tells us, hey, like I need you guys to be just really focused on them or with our other um, family that we run with called Awake in the Dawn, if he tells us go, we're going and we feel mm-hmm. absolute peace. It's like an uncontrollable peace where it's like we just got to go and we know things are going to happen as we take our steps. So, yeah. Which is very untraditional for a lot of mm-hmm. people, especially if you talk about uh, American culture or just in general, like people in people who lived in the industrial age where we got to work we got to do something mm-hmm. I, mean, I i don't know the whole history behind it but in terms of like after the world war and stuff like that people did kind of saw that hey i have a sense of entitlement now because now we can actually make a living out of our work mm-hmm. you know and so people have yep. this drive to i found found my my sense of entitlement because i have work now and so i can keep doing this for the rest of my life and we're always task oriented i think just the other day i was talking to god and I think he said this really striking word to me. JB are addicted to moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was like, <laughs> oh, why good, you gotta dude. put it addicted, little guy? Like, That's good. but it's 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 crazy because, you know, what if being still or moving forward meant to just be content at where you're at and waiting and yielding until you yep. get to the next step? You know, yep. I'm 
in our own perception of moving forward, what does that really look like, you know? And so what hmm. you're talking about, like, I'm gonna stay still here, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna yield. One thing that you should know about me, I hate yield with mm-hmm. the stoplights. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I do not like it, I hate it. I get <laughs> like, like anxious you turn green because you turn like, red. you know, like, when's the next time that I can yep. go past, you yep. know? And you, there's a bunch of cars like that's gonna pass and I gotta wait until I can turn <laughs> in and then you see yep. the green turn yellow and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. And uh, part of me is addicted to just getting in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to go to the next step. I just want to get to the next step. And I, I guess I was in denial when that was voiced out to me when he said, like, I think you're addicted to you. And I was like, that's a strong word. But I had to deny that's good. it. It's, I, had to, I had to deny it because, of course, pride is taking place in my heart. But at one point, I did realize, you know what? That's true. I may, I may be a, addicted to an extent, but I think it's helping me understand. And as God helps me process it, it's helping me understand that um, uh, cool. part of my human nature is that I think I associate moving forward to success or I associate moving forward to being busy or associate moving forward to productivity. But in reality, as you were saying, it's very untraditional for us to think that, hey, if I sit here and wait, and we need to put in con- the, the, the word wait, we have to put that in context. It's not the lazy waiting, but mm. it's the proactive waiting to mm-hmm. what is it that you yield towards that brings you towards a, a specific goal. And that goal is not self-sufficient. That goal is, um, is a service mm-hmm. for, for a greater purpose, you know? And it's hmm. not just you, you know, I'm not waiting and yielding here just because it's for my own leisure and self-indulgence. You are actually, you have a specific, um, I guess like a, a why to it, you know? And that why isn't to, to sustain yourself because I don't think you're waiting because you're waiting That's, to be provided. Huh. Yeah. I, I know you, I, I know that you trust, you trust God so deeply that I'm not here sitting because, you know, I'm waiting for the next thing that will, oh, money's gonna come in and stuff like that. We do wait for that. But I think recently the shift happened in me where I'm no longer worried about money. Yes, it's it's one of those things that mm-hmm. causes me to worry. And people do keep themselves busy because productivity kind of associates to finances or associates to yeah. uh, work. Mm-hmm. And when you do work, you do make more money, you know? And so, but, but to us, it's very untraditional because to us, if we don't do anything, progress is not going to happen. If we don't do anything that we think is, 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 um, results to us making more money, then it kind of makes us feel like, oh, you're, you're, you're just wasting your life away. But to us, like that's so, for us to say that with confidence, like I'm waiting here yielding to what the father tells me and I'm not going to move until he tells me what to do next. That is so untraditional. What? You know? It's not because I'm trying to think of like, trying to get deep philosophical yeah. here right now but yeah but really i'm trying to the way my mind works is i'm always uh I, you're always I, challenging i'm it. always challenging <laughs> and i'm always caring about semantics like yeah. i actually really do love semantics um like an analogy that i use for that is that if a plane i don't know if it's true or not but that's what i hear yeah if a boat is off by a degree from its uh-huh. course it's going to be it, it, it miles and hours yeah. away miles Monroe talks, right? talks about this and yeah. it's just a, it's just a degree and, and same thing when it comes to language and words like mm-hmm. sadly the english language is so limited and it's in its way of contextualizing emotion and um 
perspectives we are so limited like you look at for instance like i mean you hear everybody talk about agape and phileo and eros and all these greek words of love but yeah. we use one word to contextualize everything of like i love this i love flowers i love pooping i love music i love food i actually I love do love pooping I do. So, it's amazing yeah. <laughs> it's the Ooh. best thing ever <laughs> i i the think throne room i think god up and i that. just hear trumpets yeah <laughs> especially when you feel 10 pounds lighter coming out and it's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you i think uh, it's the idea of putting something in your body and being able to how do we spiritualize it i don't know <laughs> I don't know. But, but what comes out to fallacy, though, so you got to be careful with that. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, but anyways, that's out of context. So. <laughs> but I was going to say is, like, what what mind frame do you think subconsciously or consciously are people in when it comes to you have a desire to work? Like, work, work, work. Like, yeah, you want to create. That's natural. That was built in us. That was given to us in the beginning of creation it was yeah. go and name creating yeah go and have dominion it's creating yeah so creating is natural and i think yeah i mean i think we should be excelling artistically above the world but that's another conversation mm -hmm. but besides that what is the subconscious or conscious awareness you think people have or don't have that they're i guess you could say I don't know what the terminology bouncing off of, I guess you could say, like I'm working because there's emotion behind it. Like I'm doing like I need to do like, for instance, my reason of like before a couple years ago was I got to work. I got to do all this was I think about my dad, I think about my context of my life. And I think about I love my daddy, um, but I think my first generation, me being first generation Nicaraguan coming from uh, a father who was very successful, who was recruited by NASA when he was like 16, just an intelligent man. Yeah, this is, I don't know that is my wild, dude, that's like, insane. <laughs> my daddy's smart. Yeah. And the context of success for my dad was, if you're not doing this and that, if you're not getting these type of grades, you're failing. It's like, yeah, and it, yeah. the machismo spirit has an orphan spirit mm -hmm. and an orphan spirit is one of fear. An orphan spirit is one of, I gotta get mines before you get yours. I got to stomp on you to get where I need to get. So for me, Which when I was also working, really untraditional. <laughs> yeah, super untraditional. So when I was trying to get somewhere, for me, Mark, it was more of I had I whether I realized it or not, or whether I want to acknowledge it or not, I still was thinking like an orphan. And I fully didn't understand, well, whose kid am I really am? And so Ooh. that's so that's why I asked that question. Like, why what what brought you into the place where it's like work was the thing that you had to you had to go after you had to achieve like what were you what were you really trying to accomplish in the back i mean it's funny that you're asking me this question because i'm supposed to be asking a question but it's like for me it, i'm not saying that that's me but i'm saying that that's my observation hmm. but i can't deny that I, I was in that space you know uh i think for a while and one of the reasons why i'm doing this podcast is to understand how people process that like what's the reason behind um, them hmm. doing what they're doing. Yeah, That's why when I, I sent you the format and everything, like what's your routines, patterns of life? What do you do in life and why do you even do it? You know, why do you even go to work? Why do yep. you even wake up in, in early in the morning and do this like, some people really take pride of them waking up super early, which is 
3 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning. Like, Honestly, why? I, I've, I've been kind of enjoying. Yeah. I, I hate the mornings. I'm actually a night person. I'm a night person, but, you know. <laughs> Which is, hey, Jewishness and the Jewish root <laughs> of our faith, there's a reason why day starts in the evening, which is actually really cool. Yeah. Um, when you get into Psalms and you start yeah. hearing daydreams and night dreams, which yeah. are actually called meditations and encounters. Yeah. Um, Peter had a daydream. He was caught up in a trance and he saw a heavenly realm. Yeah. Paul got caught up in he thinks it was the third heaven. He doesn't know because yeah. he doesn't know if it was the spirit or his yeah. whole actual body. Yeah. But all this actually comes from meditation. And N.T. Wright actually speaks about like the spiritual application of like uh-huh. meditating on. Yeah. So that's a yeah. whole another that's a whole <laughs> conversation. We can only fit so much in right, this. But, but yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from. You know, like this podcast is for me to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. What Mm -hmm. works for me and what doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, the pattern is the idea that the pattern is not called pattern because it has the same wavelength and it has the same notes and it has the same, you know, Mm -hmm. pattern means different ratios, different, different um, shapes and different sizes and different um, alterations. Mm -hmm. So everything is different for everyone. But then sometimes we put a blanket statement, which I tend to do because I'm just blindsided by Mm. what everyone's doing. And so I'm in this podcast trying to understand what everyone's doing um, that I almost got from a place of bitterness, at least for myself perception of why is everyone talking about success as if it's Mm. easy to attain for everyone when in the reality, you can't put that in a program. You can't just put success in a certain format because that worked for you. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to talk about this in this way, but it, it gets me fired up because in reality, like, I just don't want it. I just don't want to feel judgmental towards those things because people yeah. have their own way, mm-hmm. you know, and the us being able to to find satisfaction with work is not necessarily a bad thing. No. I guess it, it just comes down to really seeing like, What's your reason behind it? I think for me, I'm just trying to figure that out for other people as well. And that's how, you know? like when you talk about balance, going back to like when yeah. you asked in the beginning, like what that balance, I mean, you look at like the term, like we had a conversation on Tuesday um, about like our friend Johnny. He's like, you know, I'm really hating the term supernatural. I'm like, ooh, go Johnny. And he goes, you know, I really hate the term supernatural. I'm I really also want to not use that word. Me either. I mean, I'm, I can just keep it to myself. Yeah. But well, just, the way he just like the way he has said it, he's like, you know, I much rather use the word paranormal. And I'm like, huh? That's really good because if maybe you because look the at, word super is really cheesy. Well, I mean that too. <laughs> yeah. But then, like for me, like when when anybody talks about like the supernatural, like whether that is like signs and wonders and miracles or whatever God's doing, there's almost this subconscious wall that comes up that separates heaven on earth. When that, when that, you look, that's at, what I feel on, about it. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And when that you look at the concept on earth, so shall it be in divine council. Heaven, heaven is where in you the kingdom of god is where within a person right um there is no veil heaven and earth to a jew to the reality of like a spiritual realm the reason why i keep talking about jews is because <laughs> spoiler alert christianity is jewish jesus his name is yeshua the man was jewish this faith was called followers of the way followers of netzarim and even then paul in acts 27 is standing before the councils, the Pharisees and Sadducees and the high priests, and he's standing before 
Roman officials. And he even testifies. He's like, you guys keep calling this movement of Messiah as a sect. It's yeah. not a sect. And yeah. then what I love is that Paul starts speaking Aramaic. Aramaic. And he starts saying, I am a Pharisee of the Pharisee. I am yeah. Saul of Tarsus. I am this. I am a follower of Yahweh, but I acknowledge Son of Man, Yeshua. And it's so beautiful. And we get we get into the Son of Man, yeah. which is another conversation. Another conversation. <laughs> but going back to why I keep going to Judaism, Judaism, for them, the reality of the paranormal or the reality of the supernatural realm, the terrestrial, the celestial realm is so normal because they don't have that subconscious veil. Yeah. To them, when a Hebrew says the temple is a shadow, the mere thing, they understand that if I'm looking at a planner's box, which I am right now, or if I'm looking at this cup, if I just stop and Romans says it too, if, I, if Paul says, if you just stop and take a moment and just look around you, you will see the reflections of not only my heart and myself, but also reflection of divine counsel. You'll see the reflection of the spiritual realm. If you just look, we're so ingrained with the spiritual realm that it's actually easy to hear the voice of God. So that's why we were talking about like supernatural and why Johnny's like, I don't want to keep that distinction because there is no distinction. That is true. Kind of mm -hmm. like going back to the sacred and secular. Yeah, you know? and so it, exactly. Which is, to me, I try not to say secular because like when you, when you point it that way and you talk, you know, especially coming from us who we associate most of us mm -hmm. who talk about our faith associated to Christianity or any sort of religion. And so when you get to say spiritual or sacredness and and um, secular, you create a it's wall. like they're just, yeah, you create a wall. It's like, oh, you guys are secular and we're sacred. And, mm -hmm. and, and to the world, sacred means like, you know, this pompous, mm -hmm. you know, cleanse and clean it's and clean. Like, exactly. Is the rest of the world not striving for that too? When you actually you look know? at the word holy, yeah, people say it's set apart, but it's more than that. It's yeah. of another, yeah. different. Yeah. That right there, semantics. Yeah. People are yeah. like, well, it's the same thing. No, not really. Because if I tell you set apart, again, division happens. Yeah. But if I can have you understand it's other, it's yeah. different, it's, yeah. it's unique. That doesn't create a wall of division. It creates a wall of mystery. What do you mean unique? What do you mean More it's not diversity? Yeah. yeah. saying about ministry um going back to the idea of like semantics and success like i guess like when i ask people like why you work and like i guess this is like where my challenge will, for people especially yeah. those in the faith is what do you yeah. like what is what is your definition of success going, yeah. and yeah. and for me if i am so heavily minded that i'm earthly good and yeah. a lot of people like to say it the other way where you're so heavily minded that you're not earthly good. I don't yeah. get it. But if I am so heavily minded, what does that mean? King's domain, father's heart here on earth, which yeah. means everything that I do, everywhere that I go, every place that I sit in and the people that I encounter, I want to yeah. change it to look like the kingdom. Success then for me at that point is to make people have encounters and to yeah. restore things back to original intent. So if I can keep my success on restoring things back to original intent, then I can look at success as, man, I'm a daddy now. 
and I'm a husband. And I just restored fathership. And I just restored marriage. And and my vulnerable part, vulnerability, is I just turned 30 on the 23rd of hey. February. Right? Man. This and year too, I am. This year, right? <laughs> and and people, yeah. you know, like I I've had this expectation when I was 21, you know, people will say, well, what are you going to do in 10 years? What are you going to do in five years? I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Like when I was 21, I was like, oh man, I'm going to be successful financially in all these places when I'm 30. Mm-hmm. I'm still making minimum wage working at a barista, which I love coffee, um, but I haven't made it financially. And I had a, almost a little panic attack, anxiety, where I was like, what do I have to show forth that I'm 30? The issue mm. is, is that I entered back into my orphan mindset again. And I started determining my success or my um, my sonship by the things that are vanity. And it's not that we can't go after material things. Yeah. Every material thing, again, reflects the father's heart. There's a reason why Abraham was wealthy, Moses was wealthy. But besides that, when I could actually see that it goes back <clears throat> to going after the one. And this is that success is the one right now in my life is my wife and my son. It, it is for my son to see, to get an experience of the father God through me that I was unfortunately wasn't able to receive from my real daddy. Again, I love my real daddy to mm-hmm. death. He's an amazing man. Yeah. But it was hard for me to, and that goes back to when I said earlier today, why I call father God daddy instead of father is because father to me was someone who was like the natural father that I had. Someone who was, if you mess up, well, here's the consequences. If you don't do this, here's the consequences. If you do this, and it was a father, that word sounded to me as a strict um, dictator. Daddy's intimate. Daddy is personal. Daddy is safe. Daddy is where your daddy will cry with you, where you can run and cuddle with your daddy. Yeah. I want my son to experience daddy. In daddy me. is gentle, yeah. So so yeah. that when he's gentle on his tender. own one day, he goes, oh, my dad, my dad showed me what the real daddy looks like. Mm, so good. I don't have to look at daddy and be like, God, you give and take away. Uh-oh, I just said that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to build a theology where I look at dad as you're going to spank me because I did this. You're going to mm. take it away. I don't have to look at dad and be like, can I trust you? Because when I trusted my dad on this, he bailed on me. And that's the orphan mindset they're so talking about, okay. so which my, I want to I want to draw a line and, and be clear with that because, yeah. you know, um, and that's going back to success. And I think mm-hmm. where, where people can be at peace and like where, you, like you said, you can, you know, respect and appreciate what people are doing. I think if a believer who is in whatever industry, music, art, mm-hmm. business, whatever you are, mm-hmm. if you can think about the one, the ninety nine you know, relieving the 90 to go after the one. Cause that's mm-hmm. a, uh, when I said by Jewish thing, that's the Jewish thing. The Jewish mm-hmm. thing is what are the signs of Messiah? Well, if we Christians are known Christians being little messiahs, if we are called little messiahs, mm-hmm. well then to a Jew, the, the time or the day of the Messiah is when a person would sit individually with the orphans, with the widows, with the poor, with those who don't know me. Jesus said it. He's, he's talking about parables about him being here and and how he's asking all these different things it's like matthew 26 and the disciples like well what do you mean when you didn't clothe me you didn't take care of me and jesus like well you didn't take care of me you didn't clothe me you didn't mm-hmm. bring me in you didn't and they're like well we didn't see you how do we not do that that's the jewish concept of the per when the heir of the messiah comes in that person sits 
and washes that person's feet individually. And your success is now that you woman at the well, who was a woman at the well, who didn't know who she, who she was, you now woman who had an encounter with the father, you now became the mother of the Coptic Christians in Egypt. If I go after that one person down the next generation, which you're always thinking about the next generation, mm -hmm. that generation now becomes the mother of a nation of believers, which then multiplies. If I look at my son, whether or not I one day, if I ever not make it to a Christian stage, which I really don't care about, <laughs> if yeah. I can never have a million dollars, if I never achieve those marker points, mm -hmm. as long as my son grew up in an environment where he experienced Papa God, Abba Father through me, he's he's going to do far and greater things than that, what I was able to do at this generation at this time. And that's what matters because it's about the next generation. That's true. I agree. And if I you agree. can sit there and be like, yep, it's about the one, whether that was I changed the atmosphere of my coffee shop or I changed that conversation. I brought somebody to see God in a different way, even though I wasn't able to seal the gospel deal, but mm -hmm, he got mm -hmm. a taste of reality. Yeah. That's success. Yeah. And if you can do that, whew, you can just be at peace. And I want you to want to read this real quick. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of just kind of encompasses our conversation. Psalm 46, 10, mm -hmm. the Passion Translation. And I love the Passion <laughs> Translation. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but Psalm 46, 10 says, surrender your anxiety. Mm. And the Septuagint uses the Greek word for relax. So you could say surrender your Septuagint like, is can you expand that yeah so uh septuagint is the torah or the hebrew bible so the old testament um the tanakh the prophets the letters so it'd be uh -huh. like genesis exodus leviticus numbers okay. um it is the greek translation of the hebrew bible okay so it's the greek translation of the mm -hmm. old testament gotcha um so the septuagint in psalm 46 actually reads relax so in verse 10 it actually says surrender and relax but here, which ties back into what we're talking about exactly. In the beginning. Yeah, and here the trans, the passion says, "Surrender your anxieties, be silent, and stop your striving, and you will see that I am Yahweh, I am the Elohim, or I am the God mm -hmm. above all the nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth." Going back to Romans, if you just sit still and see, you will see victory all around you because victory was on the cross. Mm -hmm. Verse eleven: Here he stands the commander, the mighty Lord of the angel armies, the Lord Sabbath, the champion, the warrior, the mm. one who came to rescue yeah. us. He is on our side. The God of Isaac, Jacob fights for us. Pause in his presence. And what I love about that is like, I sum up why that's so cool for me because it just hit me right now is like, today, Jess was like taking a nap. I came home and She's with a baby. She's an amazing mama. Yeah. But like, she just needed time to just sleep. And I'm sitting holding my son and my son is crying and he's like gassy and he's just complaining. I literally can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And I'm holding him and I'm looking at him and I'm speaking to him. But his pain, his chaos, his anxiety, his stress mm. is so loud that he's unaware of me holding him in my arms mm. he's unaware that i'm speaking to him he's unaware that he can smell me he can feel me because he's so focused on his chaos but the beautiful thing is me being daddy i'm right there and when you stop Period. crying in that moment 
and and it, I've seen it so many times with them. He'll get to a point where I'm rocking him. Hmm. When God rocks your world, I'm rocking him. I'm 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 giving him comfort, and he stops and he looks straight at me, or he looks at mom, and in that moment he goes, "Oh, okay, you're there." And then obviously chaos comes back in. He's crying again. <laughs> but what I yeah, love yeah. is that in that moment of two seconds or three seconds, yeah. he was still in my presence. He was aware that he's in my hands. He's mm. aware that I'm speaking to him. God is always speaking to you. And he's aware that I'm speaking to him. He actually looks at me and he says, okay, I'm safe. Mm. But chaos comes in. It's okay. Because what daddies do when chaos comes, I bring him closer to me. When my son is screaming, he yeah. comes closer to my chest. It's really good. And even when he's yelling, I'm right here, I'm singing, I'm bouncing, I'm shaking his world because daddy's right here. The concept of being dad has shown me there's so much peace in the father God and daddy God. Yeah. That surpasses all understanding. Which which ties in a lot to, (laughs) you know, if you're an orphan, you don't have parents, you don't have a father figure. It's really hard to grasp this. It is. You know, super hard. And if if we tie a string and all of them to bring them all together, I mean, talking about you being part of a ministry gospel house, cultivating family in that ministry. And then we talk about like balance, finding balance in those things. And in that balance, you're basically right now, you're still a son. Mm -hmm. I'm still a son. And you're still and you're now you're a father now. And so how do you balance that and still be able to learn how to become a how do you are a son, but how to maintain that sonship? You are the son. But in terms of like your relationship, how do you maintain that relationship with the father? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're paranormal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> father, yeah, you know? um, um, and then at the same time, you are a father in the physical world. I so, do, yeah, I you know, think one, you have to build that, that, that muscle, um, yeah. metaphorically speaking. A lot of people, when they do their Bible studies, they they study the Bible to have knowledge, not wisdom. Mm-hmm. And there's a big mm-hmm. difference between knowledge and mm-hmm. wisdom. You can have all the knowledge you want, but you may not have wisdom yeah. to understand. Yeah. Um, you don't. There's been seasons when I don't read my Bible. Uh oh. Yeah. I there's times where I don't even want to read my Bible. Why? Because it's irrelevant in that moment. Dad just wants to speak to me. But I had to, I had to, I, feel you. I had yeah. to train in that. And so I think the way I keep my relationship is one, he's a real dad. He's not some ethereal being separate in another dimension that I don't have access yeah. to. He's literally in my breath as I'm breathing. <sighs> Yahweh, like he's there. He's mm-hmm. around me. He's in me. I have Christ consciousness. Yeah. He's one with me just as Yeshua is one with the father. I have to be aware of that. And I think once you're able to have that aha moment where you're like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Mm. How do you not break time to be with that? And so I work in coffee and I'm on the barista. I'm like behind the bar pulling espresso Mm -hmm. or making coffee. And even if I'm quiet, for me, I'm just saying, thank you, dad. And I talk to him like I would talk to you. Yeah. And no, sometimes yeah. I talk out loud and people are like, dude, that dude's crazy. But like, you, I can't control it. Like I yeah. get so excited yeah. because I could feel him in my stomach. Yeah. I can feel him in my heart. I get bombs, revelations where I'm like, oh my gosh, dad. And I'm like, yeah. dad, you're so good. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I just said it out loud. Whatever. I don't care. You just, you fall in love. It's this honeymoon yeah. thing that doesn't yeah. go away. Yeah. So that's how I maintain that. I mean, that, that, I mean, the crazy thing about all of this, you know, as we tie it all together is that <clears throat> I mean, I'm looking at those people that 
don't have that illustration or experience or a type of understanding of, you know, you, you say Papa, you say Daddy mm-hmm. to somebody that they don't see. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm thinking from mm-hmm. a place of somebody who doesn't understand yeah. this and I'm not putting it in a way where they don't understand it because it's really foreign to a mm-hmm. lot of people. Yeah. You know, to me, I understand the stuff that you're talking about and I talk to God and mm-hmm. I, I actually stop saying praying. Mm-hmm. I just say, a, I talk to God. Yeah. I talk to my father. You know, and, and that is so foreign to a lot of people when we talk about being still, when we talk about just yeah. like, you know, talking or we talk about paranormal, all mm-hmm. these languages. We tie it back into semantics. Yeah. Semantics to other people is totally different than what you think it is exactly. because the language is so different. This, the language that we speak is so different because we are rooted from a different father figure. And what I think what you we know? can do with that, where this comes back to the word agape. Mm-hmm. People think that agape is synonymous to love, this emotion. But actually, agape has nothing to do with love. People are like, it's unconditional love. No, sacrificial love, yeah. It, it, yeah. The sacrifice and the unconditional are byproducts of mm. the result of agape. Yeah. But when you actually, if you got to sum up one word, what agape means, it's loyalty. Yeah. So loyalty could be like, I have, I have an agape towards King David. I have an agape towards my business. It's a loyalty that mm-hmm. I believe in you. I believe in what I'm in. I believe in who I'm involved with. I see beyond the veil and I actually see at the true intent. So when Jesus mm-hmm. says to Peter, hey, Peter, do you uh, agape me? And he uses a different Hebrew word. He goes, are you loyal to me? Mm. Yeshua, you know I'm loyal to you. I know that you are Messiah. I, you know that I'm okay. Well, now, in Greek, Philadelphia, phileo me, brotherly love. Mm. Okay, but it's deeper than that. It goes to the concept of, well, grab onto my hand and be covenant with me. Oh, so why I bring up all that when it comes to like people is we have to, like you said, like you and I are speaking a language that you and I understand. Yeah. But if I am really looking at other people beyond myself mm-hmm. i have to change my language yeah. i have to change i have to be able to speak your language because i care about you mm-hmm. and that's the thing that a lot of people don't want to do they don't yeah. want to they don't want to put themselves in position where it's like well you should understand no no no. yeah let me speak your language you have to be able to if you're a person who's looking for how do i maintain that relationship with the father if you find so much joy and just dissecting the scriptures and and reading books and that's where you find your intimacy, don't change it. And don't let anybody else try to tell you you have to do something else. Like you need to just go fast, bro. And you need to like, you know, you just need to go worship and just remove, like quit just reading. No, because like how God rebuked Peter for yeah. saying, hey, who are you to tell this person if they don't want to eat sacrificed meats? Well. Don't let them eat sacrificed meats. But if they worship me and eating kosher, praise. And if you worship me because you eat sacrificed mm-hmm. meats and you're worshiping me, praise. Mm. But don't put a weight on a brother just because they don't fit your culture. If you enjoy reading scriptures, yeah, do that. If yeah. you enjoy podcasts, do that. If you yeah. enjoy singing, I don't know. Mm. Don't change because people tell you because you need to add on this other form of worship to have mm. intimacy. Yeah. So that's how you can keep that consistency with the father in a crazy life, I guess you could say. So let's, I'm trying to process this in a way where it, it, it I guess for the lack of a better word, applicable for those people mm-hmm. that don't have that idea of a father figure, don't have idea of 
you know, because I don't want to say that, mm-hmm. okay, if the rest of the world doesn't understand this language, exactly. then it means that they're orphaned. Nope. And so exactly. if you put it in context of like what we're talking about, agape. Mm-hmm. So people can be agape to their work. Mm-hmm. People can be agape to their dreams. People can be agape to, because um, if we translate it, agape means loyalty. Mm-hmm. People can be loyal to um, what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so because they're loyal to that, how can we put it in context where these people are an orphan can be loyal to something, yeah. but if it doesn't have a father figure, then how how do they maintain this, this we, life? I would say whatever you do. Stability and success, yeah. you know, and we had to redefine mm-hmm. the, the word success. Like, what does that really mean for, for some people? Yeah. You know? I would say so, whatever you do, if it doesn't make you tired mentally, physically, then keep doing it. Because mm-hmm. Lord says, don't strive. Striving is going back to that. I have to hit those markers. Yeah. Hit the markers, yes, because they were supposed to do. But if you're striving to hit the markers, take a step back and be like, why am I physically tired? Why am I angry? Why am I honorary? Why am I all these things? Are you striving? Or like in Matthew says, are you putting on linen and resting yeah. in me? Yeah. Are you are yeah. you comforted? Are you are you saying, Okay, Dad, you have me here. What now? Or okay, God, okay, Father. And going back to like what you said, how some people don't understand the term dad to God, or they don't understand the word father. The cool thing is, is God, Yahweh, has shown himself in his son, Yeshua. Jesus says, if you've seen my actions, you've seen the one who I represent. Yeah, yeah. And so be okay with your acknowledgement be okay with how you address god is that's that's what i guess i'm trying to let people as far as applicable is if you're at peace where you're at be at peace where you're at don't don't try to change don't try to do more because you're seeing the people around you doing something you see movements you see gatherings you see whatever they're trying to do doing something they're saying we got to be this way no 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 how are you in relationship with god yeah. That makes you at peace, makes you at joy, makes you at rest. Yeah. Stay there until yeah. he says, hey, I want to show you this aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that sums it up. Sums no. sums up that applicable thing. It does. It does. It does. And <clears throat> to, I mean, to, to wrap it up and all that kind of stuff, um, I always ask this question. I mean, um, there is a lot of things that you do in your life and you're you're in a lot of different spaces you know whether that's music whether that's Mm -hmm. ministry whether that's um and there's one thing that you just can't ask you you just can't say the why because it's just ingrained in you Mm -hmm. like why are you a father right now but in context of all of this like why are you so passionate about where you're at right now in terms of what you believe um i know it's kind of a a, a, an obvious answer but I guess to tie a bow in all of these things yeah. so that, you know, so that so, not just for my sake, yeah. but to whoever's going to hear this, you're so passionate about all of these things, this uh, language yep. and what you're talking about, but why? What's the whole point of it? For other people, this may not just be another conversation where these two dudes are just nerds. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> I take two things. One, when what I think it was Paul. He wrote a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, when Paul says to work out your own renewing, your mm. own salvation, your own sozo, mm. uh, to renew your mind, renew your heart. Um, he says, it's up to you to do that. The other one, why I'm so passionate about terms like dad and terms like intimacy and, and just worship is because 
I, I, I met a, there was a gentleman in life, in my life named Chad Street, who I met last year, mm. who, when I, I took a trip to Texas, and one of the things that I was craving, um, I was looking for an elder in my life. I mm. was looking for somebody that I could sit with and do life with, an older gentleman that could speak into me. Yeah. Mm. I was looking for not somebody to disciple me, but someone to father me, to show me what it means to be a father, to be a son. I met Chad. And Chad showed me what it means to be a son to God, but also as a son in general. And in order to be a father, you first have to be a son, but then it flips back around again. When you're a father, you then learn how to relate to your son again. So yeah, yeah. why I'm so passionate about this, because I, last year was my breakthrough for like, oh my gosh, people like, I'm not crazy. And you get me and you give me permission to be yeah. me yeah. because you love me and you see my heart. You don't see that I'm like someone who's like challenging things. You actually see, oh, no, he has a purpose to why he does things. And I encourage you. Mm. And he showed me this is what fatherhood looks like because this is what God. And this was be be. before you became a father, yeah. right? Yeah. This is like last year, I would mm. say of 2017 going in 2018. Mm. Um, and so. When my, when my wife and I decided to have Benaya, that was actually last year, February, we took a trip up to Reading and we actually went to Bethel and some guy just like prophesied over us. But in that trip, my wife and I were in this place where it's like, there was so much healing, emotional healing, um, so much excitement, so much renewing for both of us mm. that we felt ready to actually take another person into our life and to properly mother them and father that person. Mm. Yeah. And if you would ask me a year ago, do I want a kid? I would have been like, no. Yeah. It's not because I didn't want a kid. It's just I, I didn't know how to be a dad because I didn't know what did that looked like. So mm. that's why I'm super passionate about this, because men are supposed to be fathers. We're supposed to be mm -hmm. fathers. Mm -hmm. And well, whether that's to father sons. to an orphan child too. father to yeah. an orphan child, whether um, it's not a biological child, but yeah, just, you know, someone in your congregation, yeah. someone yeah. in your workplace. Um, someone who, someone who's looking to see who, what their worth is. Mm. And that's, I, I like, yeah, I like how you use mm -hmm. the word worth because it's, it's something it's that really is, it's helping people understand what's the whole point of this whole conversation. It's to find your worth. Yeah. And that's why I say this, this, this faith is so personal, mm. so intimate, so one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one yeah. That it's also at the same time, so massive, so yeah. corporate, but Jesus says, I'm going after the one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He had thousands, but he had 12. And even in the 12, he had his favorite, John, who rested on him, who, who was intimate with Jesus. Yeah, because if, if we just think about the orphan mindset, like if you grew up and you never knew your father, you never knew your parents, your mother, man, you, I mean, I hear a lot of stories about mm -hmm. people who are you know, kids or they grew up and they're damaged. And they don't even know that because they didn't know what they were missing mm -hmm. when they didn't have a parent who's raising them and teaching them the values and all of yep. these things. And then, I mean, every parent is doing different ways to how to raise their child. But I mean, in another sense, if your father or your your mother or your, your parents in general, yep. they came from different backgrounds. And so now um, the way they raised you yep. is a byproduct of who you're gonna be. Exactly. But then yeah. if you don't have that, all in all, 
it's like you don't know your identity. Don't know who you are. You don't, you don't know. know who you are. Mm -mm. You know, but at the same time, you do have your own identity. But it's kind of hard to find that when you don't have people guiding you. You're you're loaning an identity. You're yeah. just on loan until you can yeah. actually understand. Oh my gosh, that's me. Because nobody can affirm affirm that. Mm -mm. Nope. Especially if if that child recognizes that I came from my parents, mm -hmm. then you have this safe. Like you're, you're talking about, there's mm -hmm. safety. Yeah. There's assurance. There's this 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 home mm -hmm. to it that I can believe what my parents are telling me because I came from them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think this is what's helping it find for people to understand worth is that you find that in you, but you actually need a help from somebody mm -hmm. to tell that, yeah. that this is your worth. And we don't really want to hear that from people who is not biological to us. Nope. You know, and, and and it's totally understandable. And I get, I was there. I yeah. it, it's I was um, I say rebellious in the sense yeah. that I just didn't want it. Yeah. It's not that I was intently trying to hurt. It's just I tasted it and I'm good. I don't want it. I was rebellious in the sense that I don't want I don't want part of that. Yeah, because I I, I experienced the pain and I didn't mm. want to go through that again. Yeah, and yeah. so I was rebellious to anything that looked like a true discipling, mm. a true let me raise you up to be a son to become a father to then teach somebody so yeah. that's awesome well this was really fun this was fun i like this awesome we can keep doing this but thanks guys I gotta welcome keep to, to the an hour podcast <laughs> i'll give it a my name is uh richard mendez richard mendez throw a random name like alchemist podcast. fernando <laughs> where we mix the ph and the acidics i don't when we mix the secular and the sacred. The secular and the sacred. Hey, that's your name. The secular and the sacred. By Marcus Strada. Yeah. This is fun. I like it. Let's do more. Yeah. Okay, bye, people. desire from this conversation is for me to keep saying, I don't know, but I want to learn and I want to understand. Just like a song, whether I'm familiar to it or not, I will listen to it hoping to get last song syndrome so I get to keep singing it. Would you agree that life is like a song made of notes, lyrics, instruments, and patterns? And because I got to know you more, now I know how to sing about you. That is how I want to champion you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Looking forward to catch you over a cup of coffee or a slice of pizza. It's on me.